minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Poisoning Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. My name's Joseph Toscom, hosting today's program. If you're wondering what Anarchist's all about, it's about creating a society without rulers. Anarchos, without rulers, not without rules. So how do people govern themselves without rulers? By... Um, by creating social, institutional and political structures which are based on equal decision-making power, uh, people making the decisions and electing or appointing recallable delegates to coordinate those decisions at a local, regional and national, even possibly international level to society where wealth is held in common. It's inequalities in power and wealth which give people or individuals or groups or minorities the ability to exercise authority over the others. So the anarchist struggle is a struggle to create a society without rulers. Now, obviously, um, we've got a program for you, whether it's interesting or not. I don't know. It's really up to you to decide that. It's not my role to decide whether I uh, am interesting or not. Whether it uh, assists you in understanding the world, hopefully it does, and if it does... Hopefully it encourages you to get involved in activities that may change the current situation and um, help us create that society without rulers in anarchist society. Now, I've got a potpourri of issues to look at, some more interesting than others. And um, who knows? They may be of some interest. They are of some interest to me, and usually I... Issues I pick are basically related to that struggle for change. Now, I'd like to start off by uh, thanking all those people who went to Ballarat uh, for the uh, special medal presentation to Yosef Arimawi on uh, Sunday. Thank you very much. Uh, I think it went off exceptionally well. And just like to remind people about the celebrations on the 3rd of December. Now, the Museum of Australian Democracy at Eureka will be closed down. The council is taking over, the Ballarat City Council will be taking over that museum. And it'll be interesting to see whether we get local participation in it and how it's going to be restructured. So uh, we're all waiting. But the keys will be handed over to the Ballarat City Council in mid-April. Now... Algorithms. Interesting word, isn't it? Algorithms. 
Now, I'm sure many of our listeners, not all of them, but many of our listeners are familiar with YouTube, Facebook and Twitter. And we think of them as wonderful resources, full of fascinating information. And a lot of people have got the impression that it's some type of value-free type of exchange of information. Well, algorithms are basically computer programs, which are automatic, which are designed to increase people's use of Twitter and uh, Facebook and YouTube. Because the way these corporations, these new corporations, make their money is not by not paying tax, although that helps, but by selling advertising space. It's very simple. You sell advertising space. They are selling advertising space. You are the content. Ideas are the content. News, whether it's real or unreal, is the content. You know, that's the content. The more salacious, the more controversial, the more hits, the more hits, the greater the uh, price to advertise on these platforms. Simple thing. But the problem with algorithms is, although they're created by human beings initially, they're created in such a way as to ensure that it's you actually accessing a site that's important, not whether the information in that site has any bearing to reality, whether it's real or not, whether the information stands up to scrutiny. So what we are seeing is a cynical exploitation of reality in order not just to suit people with particular viewpoints about the world, but to increase advertising revenue for transnational corporations who in many situations do a great deal of harm by breaking down social cohesion in a society by pitting people against each other. All in the name of advertising revenue. So next time you, you know, look at your Facebook page, you know, put in a little comment on your Twitter account, or um, get a belly laugh out of another cat movie on YouTube. Think of the reason, and think this platform's been created. It's not about free exchange of ideas. It's not about analysis, <clears throat> content, whether it's real or not, manufactured, propaganda, content is there basically to increase reven- advertising revenue for these uh, corporations. So in many ways it's no different to a traditional newspaper or a privately owned radio station or a privately owned television station. No difference. The only difference is that material 
which can be exceptionally offensive to uh, different groups, which uh, creates hate and fans the fires of hatred by pointing the finger the other, at the other, are freely available on these platforms while platforms like uh, commercial television and radio, which work within a legislative framework, have to, you know, look at the content. So think about it. Listen to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. Now let's keep keeping on with the media. Now, you may have seen some um, ABC executives squirming at the uh, Senate's hearings. And a lot of interesting things have been happening at the ABC over the last decade or so, and we are now harvesting the fruits of these changes. Now, a lot of people think I'm very unfair when I talk about the government guild at ABC. And I'd just like to make a few comments about the uh, chief economics reporter, uh, Emma Alberici, who had an article pulled down from the ABC and was hung up to dry by the executive, not because the article was factually incorrect, but the uh, slant, Emma Alberici, the chief economics reporter, not just some, you know, cadet but the chief economics reporter of the ABC did about uh, corporate tax minimisation. Within a few hours of that uh, report going up, it was taken down after the Prime Minister's office, the Business Council of Australia and Qantas complained vigorously to the ABC. And the ABC claims it was taken down because it... uh, went against its editorial guidelines. And when you think that editorial guidelines are based on the idea of massaging facts and figures in order to suit a current uh, ideological whim, you begin to understand how gelded the ABC is. And this has occurred over a 20-year period. Because over the last two decades, the ABC has been in the sight of conservative governments and conservative organisations like the Institute of private affairs, I don't call them public affairs, the Institute of Private Affairs, who have gunned, that's right, gun-hunted the ABC and changed the structure of the ABC and the way editorial policy is created and implemented in order to prevent and stop the ABC from presenting a whole range of views. And if you think... uh, It's been done by a variety of ways. And when people, you know, rail about certain presenters, look, I don't give a shit about the presenters. I really don't. I mean, they work under editorial guidelines. They don't follow those editorial guidelines or they try to stretch the the envelope as uh, Emma Elberici did. Well this stuff doesn't get published. Because what's happened is a number of things has happened. One, the board of the Australian Broadcasting Corporation has been stacked by reactionary and conservative figures. Two, more importantly, 
and stacking the figureheads, the board, more importantly, senior executives have now been placed in every major position on the ABC who are basically bureaucrats, who have no understanding that the ABC Charter is about providing a wide range of viewpoints, viewpoints which are actually not seen or heard in the commercial networks, who are basically bean counters, who in many situations, not all, but many situations, have been appointed not because of their intellectual abilities or their uh, abilities in terms of managerial, previous managerial roles, but because of their ideological positions, who now not only determine editorial policy but implement editorial policy, then we've seen, especially over the last three or four years, the transformation of the ABC as an organisation which presents different viewpoints and criticisms of government and opposition policies into a cheer squad for the government of the day. And we've seen this, especially in the last six months, with the dilution of the political content on the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, where programs have been on for decades have basically been gelded and replaced with crap that you can find on any commercial network at any time of the day or night. Really lightweight garbage. And to think I pay four cents a day for that garbage, you know, makes me sick. And then on top of that, all the presenters are on short-term contracts, which are renewed every three or four years, in some cases every year. So that means if somebody kind of tries to stretch the envelope and implement what they think are the editorial guidelines, and, and like Emma Alberici did, providing an analysis which didn't actually please the government of the day or the Business Council of Australia or Qantas, that they get their articles pulled and are hung out to dry. And don't be surprised that in the next six months you'll see that she'll be shunted aside and uh, removed when her short-term contract comes up for renewal. So there's no point, you know, screaming and carrying on about a particular presenter. Now, these people, when they broadcast, when I broadcast, I come here with a whole range of views. Nobody tells me on the community radio network, nobody tells me on Community Radio 3CR, from where this program is broadcast from, what to talk about and the slant to put on that particular subject. I mean, I'm independent, totally independent. That's why there's such a a range of viewpoints on the anarchist world this week. I mean, when I was doing a little bit of a program, you know, as a guest on the ABC in the late 1990s or mid-1990s. I mean, within a few weeks, I had some conservative reactionary you know, person I had to debate against, which was well and good. But then because I upset Mr John Howard, the program was removed. Not only did you know, I lose the position, 
But the presenter who'd been there for a decade lost that position has never actually been put back on air. And fortunately for that particular presenter, they're actually long-term staff. And there's no long-term staff appointed to the ABC anymore, all short-term contracts. So you can see how the independence of the Australian Broadcasting Corporation has been destroyed. And why do I think that's important? I'll tell you why I think it's important. Because when you look at the commercial networks and you look at most of the garbage on the World Wide Web, you begin to understand how important it is to have a viewpoint that doesn't fit current economic or ideological orthodoxy in society. So we should be very concerned. The last vestiges of independence at the ABC are being shredded by bureaucrats who are basically there to ensure alternative opinions are not heard and are there basically to create some type of commercial clone within the Australian Broadcasting Corporation. Just extraordinary. Extraordinary stuff. But the problem is very few people would be interested in fighting for the ABC in this day and age because it's so riddled with these changes. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. My name's Joseph Oscar and I'm hosting today's program. Now, all those stock market investors, you're all, you know, as I said, I've got a deep throat these days and I have a little chat occasionally with my uh, source and he or she, we won't identify them, gives me a little bit of wisdom. And the word for today is volume. Low volume, high volume. You like those words? Low volume, high volume. Now, you all may have remembered about 10 days ago, the market kind of took a bit of a dive downwards. And we're all told that it's about economic fundamentals. Obviously, the market has nothing to do with economic fundamentals. It's about what people, where people think they can make a buck. And over the last week, it's been slowly, you know, rising in Australia. The market has had, it may have come down now, but it had broken the 6,000 barrier, which somehow is seen as, you know, the road to economic nirvana. Now, I've been told what you need to watch is the volume, the number of shares that are traded on a particular day on the stock exchange. And the current rally is what's described as a low-volume rally. You like that word? Low-volume market rally. What that means is idiots like you and me, mum and dad investors are the ones who are trading. So there's not much trading going on in the stock market. While the big institutional investors, the corporations, are either selling to the idiots, you and me, or waiting waiting to see what happens. So if you think we're in a, some type of recovery mode as far as the Australian stock market and the world stock market is, stock market is concerned, think again. The only time you should really take any notice of the stock market 
is when there is, if it's going up or down, is in terms of the amount of stock which is traded on that particular day. Just an observation. People say, why do you bother? I'll tell you why I bother. Because it's important to understand how the system works. If you, don't understand, if you don't understand how the system works, you don't understand that basically the publicly listed companies are basically you know, it's just, it's just another name for a casino where there's all these things, you know, derivatives, it goes on and on, where people have puts, these are all little fancy words they use, to make a buck at your expense. And those of you who think the next federal election is all going to be all about tax cuts, especially corporate tax cuts, and somehow those corporate tax cuts will flow down to you. Think again. Because there are three players in Australian society. Well, there are actually four players in Australian society. Social Security beneficiaries, which make up about 33% of the population, about one in three, who are 100% reliant on taxation revenue, which comes in. That's one player. Big player a player that's been constantly squeezed. And those of you who are interested, who are living in Melbourne, who are interested in finding out how Social Security people are constantly squeezed, especially people on unemployment benefits and new start allowances, there is a conference at Melbourne Trades Hall Friday, the 2nd of March, uh, from 4pm uh, to 7pm, and uh, yours truly will be running a um, session on uh, privatisation of the social security network in Centrelink. So what I'm saying is, so you get squeezed. Then you've got wage earners, still a significant proportion of the population, about seventy, you know, about another fifty, sixty percent of the population, wage earners, wage earners, the people who basically pay tax in this country, wage earners. And if you're a wage earner, you're competing in the marketplace with shareholders. You're competing in the marketplace with shareholders, corporations. And the most fascinating statistic of the last 40 years is the reversal, is the reversal of what's occurred in the marketplace in terms, you like that word, marketplace, we're all in a marketplace, a reversal in the marketplace of what's occurred in terms of profit. 40 years ago, two-thirds of every dollar, that's 66.6%, well, 66.66666 cents of every dollar went into the pockets of, went into the pockets of wage earners. Simple, isn't it? Today, 40 years later, only 33.333% of every dollar goes into the pockets of wage earners. So most of the profits which are being made by wage earners, most of the profits that have been made by wage earners have basically... Been gobbled up by shareholders. And most shareholders, as you know, are large corporations. End of story. 
even if it's your superannuation fund, it's still a large corporation. So think about it. You listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. Now, I'd just like to uh, talk about two events which are coming up this weekend, and I'm sorry to say they're again there in Melbourne. Uh, first of all, the Public Interest Before Corporate Interest uh, Congress will be held from 10am to 4pm at the Melbourne Unitarian Peace Memorial Church on Saturday the 3rd of March. That's Saturday the 3rd of March. That's uh, 10am to 4pm. Our speaking rights are limited to PIPSI members, but observers are welcome. It is a PIPSI Congress for the members of Public Interest Before Corporate Interests. Now, if you'd like to uh, join on the day, you can join on the day and that'll give you speaking rights. So if you'd just like to observe, see what's happening with Public Interest Before Corporate Interests, well, come along. Saturday the 3rd of March, Melbourne-based Unitarian Peace Memorial Church at 110 Grey Street, East Melbourne. Uh, Observers are welcome, but observers don't have speaking rights. Now, on Sunday, the 4th of March, we'll be holding the inaugural event for the Ellen Jose Memorial Foundation. So uh, join us at Herring Island. No, it's not miles from the city. It's actually in Richmond. It's the island in the middle of the Yarra. Melway reference 2MC2. 11am to 2pm for a picnic barbecue. You'll need to catch a punt to get across to the island. It's $2 per person, $5 uh, per family. Pensioners, unemployed and children under 12 don't have to pay to get on the punt. So the punt leaves the Como landing at Melway's map, as I said, um, 58G2 or uh, 2MC2. So um, you don't need to ring anybody, just turn up on the day. 11am to 2pm. We encourage you to bring food to add to the communal table and you do get a present when you leave, your own rubbish, as there are no uh, no rubbish bins on the island and we're expected, obviously, to take home our own rubbish. And there is a, an arts exhibition going at the same time. Why Herring Island? Because uh, in 1997, uh, Ellen Jose created a uh, sculpture there, Tendurum, and uh, I'll give a little, which means meeting place, and I'll give a little bit of a talk about 10 Durham and what it's, what's it all about. So bring your own food and drinks to the picnic to put on the communal table. So that's, uh, you can go to the Facebook page to get more information. That's uh, Ellen Jose, E-L-L-E-N-J-O-S-E, Memorial Foundation. So that's Sunday, the 4th of March, 11am to 2pm and don't get... Oh, what a busy week I'm going to have. What a busy weekend. Friday, um, I'll be doing a workshop at the Unemployed Workers' Union uh, seminar meeting, which will be held at Melbourne Trades Hall uh, from 4pm to 7pm. Then on Saturday, we've got the uh, Public Interest Before Corporate Interest uh, Congress to which observers are welcome to. 
and that's from uh, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Unitarian Church, 110 Grey Street in East Melbourne. And on Sunday, the 4th of March, from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., we have the picnic at Herring Island for the Ellen Jose Memorial Foundation uh, next to her sculpture, Ten Durham, which was created in 1997, which is an uh, Aboriginal word for, or Wurundjeri word for, meeting place. So you've got a full weekend ahead of you if you're interested. It's the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. My name's Joseph Ascari. I'm hosting today's program. Okay. So what else have we got? What else do we have? Ah. Even the blind are beginning to see. Now, I'm going to mention three names, and I don't want you to vomit. Please don't vomit. If you do, you're going to have to clean up after yourself. I'm going to mention three names. President Trump, President Putin, and President or Supreme Leader Xi Jinping. They're the men of the world. They are the men which head the three major military, industrial, economic conglomerations on the planet Earth. In 2018, President Trump, a.k.a. the Groper, President Putin, a.k.a. He-Man, President Xi Jinping, a.k.a. Mao Zedong. Now, what do they all have in common? They all want to be leaders for eternity. Now, the whole point of limiting the head of a nation-state's term to eight years or six years or two terms is based in the idea that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Now, we've already heard that Mr Trump is very interested a.k.a. the Groper, President Groper, is very interested in running for the next presidential election. He will. And he's even more interested in changing the current legislative arrangement of the United States of America to give him the ability to contest more than two elections. Now, our good old Vlad, Vladimir Putin, he-man, has gone one step further. He has, for a little bit of trickery, changed the Russian constitution so he can stand as president for the next 20 years. Now, Mr Groper, President Groper and Mr Putin have one problem. They have to go through the motions of going to the electorate in order to cement their power. In China, the Chinese Communist Party, quite rightly, in the 1980s, decided they didn't want another Mao Zedong 
as paramount leader and capped the number of times that a leader could be president was for two terms. Over the last 48 hours, President Xi Jinping has been able to manipulate the current constitutional arrangements for his domination of the Chinese Communist Party to ensure that he stays as president till at least 2035. And the good thing about being president of China, Xi Jinping, all you've got to do is be able to manipulate the Politburo in the uh, Communist Party. You don't have to. You don't have the uh, added uh, inconvenience of going through an electoral process. So it looks like we've now reached. We're back to the 1930s, the period where the strong leader, the man who has his hands on all the levers of power. A number of individuals, a handful of individuals, have total control, not only over the state apparatus, but total control over the lives of billions of people. That we have to rely on the machinations and paranoia of a handful of individuals who have ultimate power. That's why I became an anarchist 50 years ago. Because it's quite simple to see the greater the concentration of power in the hands of an individual, as we saw with Pol Pot and Stalin and, you know, Hitler, irrespective, you know, of their political ideological connections, but the greater the concentration of power in the hands of an individual, the greater the damage that is caused to the maximum number of people. So in 2018, instead of talking about the devolution of power, breaking down hierarchy, breaking down the ability of individuals to be in positions of extreme power, controlling a national apparatus and weapons of mass destruction which could transform the very planet we're on, we're now moving towards creating dictatorships, whether these dictatorships, these dictators are elected or are self-appointed or appointed by some organisation like the Chinese Communist Party, we are now going back to the 1930s and we saw what happened with the rise of fascism and the consequences it had on the lives of millions, if not tens of millions of people. So in 2018... For us as a society to see the three most powerful people on the planet, the three most powerful people on the planet, you know, increasing 
their grip on power within these societies is really puts us in a very difficult position. Because already we are seeing the shift in ideological and political concerns around the globe. And the shift has moved from Islamic fundamentalism, which is in its dying gasps, to the colonial ambitions and the nationalist posturings of making the United States great again, of making Russia great again, and ensuring that the China, that the China under the leadership of the Chinese Communist Party joins the United States and Russia in that battle. And if you listen to Xi Jinping, the current president, you can actually hear exactly what is in store. And this is, makes it a little bit difficult for Australia. Because although we like to think of ourselves in the United States of America camp, where we jump Pavlov like every time the United States of America asks us to get involved in some foreign war somewhere else in order to protect their interests, our major economic trading partner is China. And this friction between China and the United States of America grows, especially in, part, in this part of the world, which China considers part of its domain, in which the United States of America considers its domain, we will find ourselves squashed in a pincer movement. If we cut our economic ties with China in order to please our American masters, there will be total economic dislocation in this country. Another depression. If we, you know, hoist our banner with the United States of America, irrespective of who the presidential president is at that particular point in time, we put ourselves in a position where we could be involved in another military war. I know it sounds a little bit alarmist, but that's the reality. So keep your eye on the ascendancy of the strong ruler, the individual who exercises absolute control over the state apparatus. Think about it. You listen to the anarchist world this week and think about why. You listen to the anarchist world this week because we're about devolving power. We're about breaking down hierarchy. We're about ensuring wealth is held in common and used for the common good, not the good of a minority or individuals. List of the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. If you'd like to uh, send me a message, 0439 395 489, 0439 395 489. You can write to me, that's right, at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. You can go to the 
public interest before corporate interest website, pibcpibci.net. Download the application form, pibcpibci.net. Download the application form. You go to my Facebook page, Toscano for the public. Toscano for the public. You can go to the Defend and Extend Public Housing Facebook page. You can go to the Peter Norman Commemoration Committee uh, Facebook page. So there's Facebook pages galore. So if you think you, you think you, and if you, and 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 if you decide that you don't want to bother about computers, you can always send us a note, and I'll send you out some material in the mail. So post, post Office Box Twenty, Parkville, three hundred five two. Now, we've got something to celebrate. You ready? You ready? We have a great celebration of the corporate tax cut. Now, you know that in two, the last financial year, you'll love this, that wage, the cost of living, let's call it that, the cost of living has outpaced wage growth. Fancy words, are they? The cost of living has outpaced wage growth. That means that every worker in Australia, or the great majority of workers in Australia, will and has received and will continue to receive a wage cut. And why has the cost of living outpaced wage growth? Because... The trade union movement has been legislated out of existence in this country because it is an it is a criminal offence to withdraw your labour in this country in two thousand and eighteen. Because every time there's a corporate tax cut or a little bit of corporate welfare, the money extra money that has come, the extra income that comes in is used to either buy back shares, pay dividends to shareholders or big fat salaries to executives and none of this money trickles down because it tends to get stuck because it's actually treacle, gets to stuck to wage earners. So what we see in the real world not the fake world, but the real world, is the cost of living. That's the cost of the bills you have to pay in order to survive mortgage or rent, food, education, expense, and the list goes on and on, has outpaced wage growth. So you're in negative territory. And when you add the casualisation of the work of work to the equation in 2018 one in four workers on wages that's 25% one in four workers are casual that means they have no protections that a full time worker enjoys as far as the law is concerned fascinating isn't it fascinating and we're told the big ticket issue for the next federal election is going to be corporate tax cuts because if we nice to the corporate world, they will pass on any profits to their employees.
and I believe in the Tooth Fairy, Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny as well. That's right. If you believe that garbage, you believe in, as I said, Santa Claus, the Tooth Fairy, the Easter Bunny and life after death. Now, I have kept away, look, I have kept away from the Barnaby crap because I'm not particularly interested. Now, I was, look, I've got to apologise. I was beginning to get a little bit of um, respect for old Barnaby, not for his behaviour or his policies or ideological bent or his hypocrisy, but the fact the boy was going, that's right, the boy was going to dig himself in and no one was going to dig him out. And I thought, well, the boy's got a bit of guts. He's going to dig in there and he's not, they're going to have to blow him out. But guess what? The boy has resigned. Hmm? He resigned. You know what they say? You know what they say? When things get tough, the weak get going. Barnaby, not only are you a total hypocrite and you made a mess of a lot of people's lives, you've now shown yourself to be a weak, gutted bastard. Here we are, thinking that you're going to get blown out of your position as a deputy leader of the opposition. You said you'd been in a lot of scraps and you'd won them all. I was waiting for a bit of a fight. And what do you do when the pressure increases? You put up the white flag and walk into the back bench. Come on, mate. Come on. Where's this strong leadership garbage that you keep talking about? You're listening to the Anarchist World this week and talking about trolls. I think I mentioned trolls last week. Gutless, anonymous worms. Isn't it nice to see that the head of the Ethical ethical Standards Division and Assistant Commissioner, Mr Giran, from Victoria Police, resigned? You know why he resigned? Oh, forget about all that garbage he put on the net, you know. Who does he think he did? Who does he think he was that he could actually get away with all that garbage? And forget about the fact that he was embroiled in, you know, some really uh, nasty racist shit ten years ago when he uh, went to, um, you know, give a bit of a pep talk to the Flemington police who have a little bit of trouble at that particular point in time regarding their image. But, you know... Mr. Gearing doesn't seem to understand the net. So what are the lessons of Mr. Gearing? Well, the lessons of Mr. Gearing is, one, the Victoria Police never learns. I mean, the man had form, and to think he could rise up over the next decade and become heads of the ethical, you know, ethical, professional ethical standards division and become an assistant commissioner really highlights the old boys' network in Victoria Police. But more importantly, and this is what's important, it highlights that Victoria's kind of addiction to police investigating police needs to stop. That we need an external authority 
to actually investigate police complaints. Because when you have a trial like Mr Gearan in charge of such an important part of the police force, you begin to understand the dangers of police investigating police. And in many countries, Western countries around the world, in democratic societies, parliamentary democracies around the world, we don't have police investigating police. Because anybody who's been involved in any complaints regarding police behaviour knows how it's almost impossible to get any justice. Ask any of those people that are involved in 20-year litigations regarding Victoria Police's behaviour. So I think the outing of Mr Gearan highlights not only a cultural issue within sections of Victoria Police, but it highlights the urgent need for an external authority to be created by the Victorian State Government, irrespective of any Victorian opposition bleating, and there's always Victorian opposition bleating under law and order, Mr Andrews, to have an external authority which has the power of a Royal Commission to investigate complaints. If we can set up a building authority which has the power to force ordinary workers on a building site to answer questions or fine them $10,000 a day or imprison them, where ordinary building workers have less legal protection than somebody who imports a billion dollars worth of ice into this country, isn't it about time we had some type of external authority set up which is there to investigate police in the state of Victoria? And last but not least, Michael McCormack, the new leader of the National Party. I can see the climate change flat earthers celebrating walking off the edge of the planet. Because you know what Mr McCormack's claim to fame is? No, he's not a steady hand on the National Party leadership. His claim to fame is that he thinks that climate change is a left-wing plot. Maybe we should crowdfund a little trip for Michael McCormack to the Arctic Circle to see what's happening to the Arctic ice float, which will most likely disappear in the next 20 years. But again, there ain't any climate changes there. So what an extraordinary week. A climate change flat earther as the leader of the National Party the gutless boy Wonder Barnaby moves to the back bench. Gearan, the Vic Pole troll, exposed. The great leaders, the Groper, Putin and Xi Jinping, you know, have wet dreams about becoming Stalin and Mao. Mao. The stock market kind of trudling along. 
And behind it all, all those algorithms which are out there to create more advertising revenue for the new social media, Facebook, Twitter and YouTube. What a wonderful world we live in. So if you want to get away from all that, three things that have been organised for this weekend. Friday the 2nd of March, 4pm to 7pm, Melbourne Trades Hall, corner of Victorian Ligon Street, Unemployed Workers' Union, uh, seminars, talks. I'll be giving a particular talk on privatisation in the social security system. Come along. That's uh, Friday the 2nd of March. Saturday the uh, 3rd of March, 10am to 4pm. The Public Interest Before Corporate Interests Congress, 10am to 4pm. Melbourne Unitarian Peace Memorial Church. Join us. Observers, welcome. Sunday, the 4th of uh, March, the Ellen Jose Memorial Foundation picnic at his sculpture, Tendarum, on Herring Island, 11am to 2pm. And uh, next Wednesday, the 7th of March, the second Defend and Extend Public Housing Rally on the steps of the Victorian Parliament House at uh, midday. Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week. My name's Joseph Scan. I've been hosting today's program. Messages on 0439 395 489. Join public interest before corporate interests. Download pipsy.net, the application form. Go to the Anarchist Media Institute website, anarchistmedia.org, anarchistmedia.org. Go to my personal Facebook page, Toscano for the Public. Peter Norman Commemoration Committee Facebook page, Peter Norman Commemoration Committee, Ellen Jose Memorial Foundation Facebook page. Yes, we're increasing the advertising for them. And uh, what else? Oh, yes, and Defend and Extend Public Housing Facebook page. And obviously, lots of things happening. Get involved. Break your TV set. Flush the computer down the drain. Join us on the 2nd of March, the 3rd of March, the 4th of March, the 7th of March. Lots of things happening. Thanks you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station, courtesy of the Community Radio Network. This program has been streaming live on 3cr.org.au as well as the Community Radio Network. The program is also podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. That's 3cr.org.au. .org.au. Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. Listen in next week to the Anarchist World this week. Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World this week. Australia's Sacred Cow Slaughterhouse, 10am every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist World this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Poisoning their brainwashed minds. Oh, Lord, yeah.